My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, another episode of My Life Now podcast. Um, We welcome all of you here. And today we have the honor of having this wonderful uh, author, Paul. How do you say your last name, Paul? It's Ainut. Right on. We have we have Paul here and we're going to be talking about his book. Paul, would you give us some um, some information about yourself? How when did you start writing? Um, where did your heart come into play for this book here, Exposed? Well, I've, I've been writing all my life, to be honest. I, even when I was a kid, I think as I grew older, it sort of influenced the field of work I went to. So I, I went to be a journalist and I was a journalist for 10 years. I worked in communication, public engagement, so that of writing as well. And as I got into my 40s, I thought, well, why not try writing a book and, and sharing your writing with other people? And that was um, how I wrote my first book, uh, Expose, which um, came out about nine years ago. Um, and I just had a really fantastic reaction from readers around the world. I was contacted by people in America, Australia, uh, even from Spain and Italy, and um, yeah, just, just had a great reaction to it. I, I took a bit of a break. I've got to be honest, other things were going on in my life at the time, so I started a master's degree. Um, and uh, so I took a bit of a break from writing a couple of years ago. Thought I'd like to write a sequel uh, to Expose, which is where this book came from. So Expose is a it is a sequel, but you can read it without having read the first book. So it, it is contained in that respect as well. So if people want to be able to catch up with the story of this book, um, where would they go to um, buy this copy? So it's available in, in good bookshops, uh, but you can certainly get it online. Um, most of the books I've sold, to be honest, have been electronic books so kindle seems to be a, a real way for people to read books these days and, and you know tablets and so on but it's available through uh through amazon so you can download it from amazon uh, to your kindle uh, and my first book exposed is available through amazon as well um but yeah you can get both of them if you want but as i said you don't have to read one to, to enjoy the other they are both self-contained novels amen and um so with you being a journal with journalist um, what kind of parallelisms do we find with from your story, your personal story, and um, in this book? Like, what will we see as we read this book from the perspective of a journalist? I mean, I, I'm fascinated by journalism, and I think um, you know my own experience of it was uh, you know local and regional media until I went worked for the BBC, and, and that did take me into the realm of national news and international news. I think um, a lot of my my interest um, in journalism has been around the areas of corrupt newspaper practices and particularly in the, in the United Kingdom many years ago we had a great scandal called the phone hacking scandal which I think people in other countries would have heard of when journalists had found a way to actually hack the voice messages of celebrities and royalty and all wow. and uh, it, it created an enormous scandal when the story came out and that really was the was the um the thing that made me start to form a story for my first brief expose which was about a newspaper that just routinely used unethical and, and somewhat corrupt practices to gather stories about people. This book is um, an extension of that. 
um, and it's actually uh, a story. It's a very dark story. It's very funny as well. It's a very sort of comically dark story. Um, but it's a story of a, a serial killer who starts uh, bumping off journalists at this particular newspaper in revenge for something. The reader has to stay with the book for quite a while to work out what the revenge is is for. But um, certainly all the characters get bumped off. Uh, you know, there are reasons why they were selected and they're not all particularly nice people either. But um, I think that you do get you do gather an idea that um, there's something behind these murders and they are all linked. And certainly the, um, the, the way in which some newspaper journalists in this country and, and across the world, to be honest, behave in order to gather new stories. You can see why some people have really enjoyed reading a book where those journalists get their comeuppance in the end. Awesome. I'm already so excited to read it myself. Um, and it's, it's not every day you get the chance to see um, deeper than surface level. Now, and I feel like, you know, to read this book will give us that that uh, that perspective. How does Valerie, uh, how is she portrayed in this? Is she also in uh, cahoots with the without giving any spoilers, of course? Um, <laughs> no, well, Valerie's, Valerie's on a journey in the first book, um, Expose, she's at the heart of, of the, the, the tabloid newspaper, that's, that's the main newspaper story, which is called The Daily Ear. She's been a regular weekly columnist for that paper for the better part of three decades. She's very powerful, she's very influential, and she's quite happy to use her power to get people fired, to ruin careers. You know, she, she's, she's likeable, but she's not particularly ethical in that respect. You know, she, she's, she's someone that a lot of readers liked, even though they thought they shouldn't really like her. When I brought it back for the second book, it, the, the, the narrative has moved on. It's years later. She's left the daily year and she's trying to reprieve herself, really. She's trying to carve out a new role for herself in the media as a more thoughtful and a more caring social commentator. She's also trying to repair relationships with her daughter and her ex-husband. Um, and so she's, she's on a journey, really, to, to be a better person. She knows she has to be. And then suddenly people she knows start dying and they start dying in a very specific pattern every three days at nine o'clock someone from the daily year is, is killed and um and that's how she becomes embroiled in, in this murder mystery that she can see the pattern the police can't see it they think these are just a, a range of, of deaths that aren't connected but Valerie knows there's a connection there and she starts to investigate these murders um when the police don't so it's it's, it's a story really for Valerie of her of her trying to be a better person and then find yourself in the middle of, of a massive murder mystery uh, and it is and it is great fun how how can from your point of view how can she gain that that motivation to conquer something so big while also trying to be a better person it seems like <laughs> it seems like it'll be hard to do when you're trying to you know i mean she, she's she's already on the journey to be a better person um she's she's made headway in terms of improving her relationship with her daughter. She's made headway in terms of improving her relationship with her ex-husband. Um, and she is finding it quite interesting that that um, she can actually look at society without being quite so critical of it. Um, so quite a bit of, of her previous work, for instance, was around that she wrote things that were quite uh, homophobic. And now she's reaching out to the LGBT community and she's trying to be more caring and more thoughtful in the ways that she writes about uh, those people. Um, and um, but but it, like you say, suddenly this big thing happens, and um, and she thinks, well, I, I I can't let this go. I know people are being killed. I've got to try and you know find out what's going on. 
but there's also an element of could I be on this person's list? You know, could could I be the next person that this murderer tries to kill? So there's an element of her trying to survive as well to the story and knowing that she's done some very bad things herself in the past. And if this murderer is out for revenge against people against the Daily Year, she could well be on, on his hit list. Hidden high in the Rocky Mountains, the center houses inmates ages 12 to 22. The experiment in reform isn't without controversy. Blogs report students being tasered or tortured in a dungeon. 18-year-old Courtney doesn't buy the hype. Concentration camp tactics wouldn't fly in America, especially not for the niece of a U.S. senator, right? Will Courtney find a way to run things on the inside the way she did on the outside? Or will the center take away more than her freedom? Find more information by searching The Center on Amazon today. Discover the gripping world of precincts, prejudice, and murder by Jewel Robinson. Dive into the thrilling tale that explores the challenges women face in police work while unraveling a murder mystery. This thought-provoking story delves into the depths of crime motivations and questions of gender equality. Is merit compromised for the sake of equality? Find out on Amazon now. Get your copy today and embark on a journey of suspense and intrigue. What can the listeners expect? Um as Valerie d- dives deeper into these uh, mysteries and investigations? Well, I, I didn't want the, the, the murders to all be the same. And I think in a lot of books about serial killers, they, they tend to have a specific way of, of bumping off their victims. And I particularly wanted um, this to be different. So the killer's very imaginative and every one of his victims gets dispatched in a very specific way relating to whatever offence um, that uh, particular journalist has caused. So I'll, I'll give you the very first person who, who gets killed. I'll, I'll give you this one just as a taster. It doesn't get too much away. Amen. But he's a, he was a particularly cruel TV reviewer, um, and his death involves a giant television being dropped on him. So you can see that the um, the deaths are quite comical in the way. You know, they're not they're, they're a bit grisly, but they're quite comical. But they're very specific as well, and very creative uh, in terms of, person who's just getting bumped off and what exactly was they did uh, to cause offence to the person who's killed them. Nice. Nice, man. I'm, I can't wait to get my copy. Um, <laughs> so trust is a central theme in Exposed, particularly regarding um, Valerie's struggles um, to believe um, about the serial killing. So how does the narrative explain these themes of trust and betrayal within the context of investigating journalism it, it's an interesting story because um the only person who will believe valerie and actually will help valerie investigate is a is a a, a television actor called adam james who's a major part of the first story he and valerie have years and years of, of bad history but she also knows that he's the only person that's got the resources he's, he's very very wealthy he understands uh, there is a link between his killing and so she has to reach out to him he's the literally the only person she can reach out to um, and there is an issue between the two of them because they don't like each other, they don't trust each other, but they also know um, that there is a serial killer at large and they, they have to bring him to justice. And the only way they can do that is by putting their history of, of, of uh, negative feelings towards each other to one side and trying to trust each other and, and work through that to, to bring the, the killer to justice. So it's a very interesting dynamic um, that you've got two people who really don't like each other um, Adam's a gay man, so there's no there's no sense of there being a, a romance forming during the um, story either. 
it's very much they're two people very much polar opposites in terms of their attitude towards the media and press intrusion but they have to work together and trust each other to this killer's justice so there's a very interesting dynamic at the heart of the book that i think is very unusual for, for a mystery novel yeah that makes it makes it special for sure with all this being said how do you bring this into irl in real life um with journalism now, how does this shed light on, on the ways of, of the world and the ways of journalism here as we deal with it? I mean, it's fascinating, really, because when I wrote my first book, which came out in 2014, I set it in a world that I thought was just a slightly exaggerated version of the real world because I wanted things to happen in that book that I didn't think would happen in real life. So it, it was all slightly exaggerated, slightly bigger, slightly louder. But in the years that have followed, um, I'm, I think actually I've probably underplayed it because, you know, the world of journalism has become a bit a bit mad, really. I mean, you know, there are newspaper stories and new television news channels being set up. Um, journalists are saying things and writing things that I never thought any journalist would ever say or write. And certainly the phone hacking scandal hasn't tempered their conduct, really. You know, we still get love for sort of uh, kiss and tell stories in the paper all the time. We still get an awful lot of press intrusion for the royal family with celebrities, even ordinary members of the public as well. So I thought my first book was an exaggeration of journalism. But I think all these years later, it seems to have predicted the way that journalism was going to go quite accurately. And, um, yeah, I think that's that's actually quite a frightening place to be. It makes you wonder where we end up. It is. Uh, so how do we figure out who we can trust? Well, that's a very good question. And, and it's interesting, really, because I think online, for instance, people tend to gravitate towards, uh, which they probably did with print media for decades anyway, but they tend to gravitate towards news websites online that align with their own personal beliefs. You know, So I think that's who they trust. If, if you read something that you agree with, you're probably more likely to believe it than if you read something you don't agree with. Um, and that, that's a fascinating and worrying aspect of, of online media. Uh, in terms of what people do and don't believe and, and how much challenge they give to the information they're looking at. Um, from what do you think the um, the outcome is of that? You know, even um, in the book, how, what do you think the, what are you trying to convey is the um, goal of the unknown evildoer in this book? So the, I mean, it's definitely a story of, of revenge. Uh, and it's definitely a story of um, the reflects on how the uh, how the of, of the impact that the media can have on real people. And I think it's very easy to look at celebrities and even royalty and think that well they must be used to this. They're, they're rich and they're famous. They don't, they don't really care if there's a kiss and tell story in the paper about them or you know some other you know picture of them on the beach you know in a bikini where someone's making criticisms of, of their physique, you know, it must be normal for them. But I, I think it was really important for me in both my books and, and particularly in Exposed to really bring it back to the fact that these are real human beings. You know, it doesn't matter how rich or famous someone is, uh, it can really be hurtful and damaging. So there are um, stories in the book about an actress, for instance, whose mental health was very, very badly damaged because the media just became obsessed with every part of her life. Um, and she, you know, really struggled with her mental health because of the amount of intrusion and negative press there was around her when she was trying to lead an ordinary life as a jobbing actress. So 
um, that there's a real element in the book of, of reflecting on the genuine human impact of poor newspaper practices. And I thought that was very important to include in the story. Nice. Nice. Um, as readers engage with Exposed, what are some key themes or messages you hope that they will take from the book? Uh, I hope they will take from the book that um, you can do better. Uh, and even if you've lived a life where uh, you have, you know, created difficult situations with other people, you, you can reconnect with them and uh, build a better relationship with them. And I think that's a real, real part of Valerie's journey through the book is is learning a better way of, of being around people and treating people and, and speaking to people. Um, there's certainly, as, as you referenced earlier on, that there's trust is a, is a very big part of the book. And there's a, a real element of, you know, whether Valerie can trust Adam or whether Adam can really trust Valerie and so on. So trust is a, is a very big part of the book as well. But I think, I, I suppose one of the big messages of the book is really just about reflecting on our own role in enabling the media to behave in unethical ways, because the only reasons a tabloid newspaper would obsessively write negative stories about, for instance, a member of the royal family is if people went out and they bought that newspaper. You know, if you, if you didn't buy it, they wouldn't do it. So, it, that, you know, there, there's a very strong message in the, in the book as well around um, that you can't really complain about the way the media works if you are ultimately funding it, even in your small way of buying the same paper every day. If you're doing that, you are enabling them to behave badly. So, so, so in some respect, we're all responsible for the media that we've ended up with. What's the alternative to that? I suppose the also, I mean, it's very difficult because of some of the funding models for, you know, some of the ways that um, the media is set up. But I think just, you know, being very picky um, in terms of the media that you buy or you consume, really thinking about how ethical certain stories are, how necessary they are. Um, I don't think many people are that thoughtful in terms of, um, you know, what they tune into or what they buy. Um, I think people you know, have probably bought the same national newspaper for decades and they wouldn't think of changing it, even if they were very angry with it. But it's, um, I, th I think, just making sure that if you really object to a, a way, a certain way that certain parts of the media behave, that you're not in any way funding that part of the media. And I think that's just a, a very important uh, action that we can all take in terms of just trying to make the media better. Okay, outside of um, financial um, support, how would you recommend that somebody like a regular person like myself would get involved with um, assisting in the, the truth being being revealed? I think, first of all, it's just important to make sure that um, if, if you're saying something online, you, you know it is correct. And I think that's really important for all of us. You know, if we're share, if you see something on social media and you think, oh, I like that, I agree with that, don't just share it unless you know it's absolutely correct. And I think that's something I find quite frustrating is how many people I know who I know are good people, but they just end up sharing things online that I also know aren't true just because it, it you know, it looks like it's actually a proper news story and it's not, or it's written by a journalist and it's written by a particular, from a particular point of view. Um, just, yeah, just be very careful about what you share online um, and what you say to other people as well. I, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm, I'm quite obsessed with, with factual um, information and making sure that if someone tells me something, it is correct. And it can be quite challenging in conversation sometimes, just getting to the bottom of where information has come from, which some people find quite frustrating. Um, but I think that's a really important thing for all of us to do, particularly at this stage in, in human history. It's just making sure that we're really fact-checking everything that we're sharing and that we're challenging in terms of the information that we're being given as well. 
almost like if we don't do that, is we're we're part of secondhand bullying. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's completely untrue. To be honest, I mean, I think the um, you know, I I think that we are, you know, if we're not careful in terms of what we're telling people, or sharing people, you're allowing, you know, sometimes quite big untruths to be to be perpetuated across countries and across the internet. So I think it's just really important just in, in our own little way. I know we're all just individual people, but in our own small way, if we're just more careful in terms of how we share information, I, I think the world would become a better place. Man, as it would make a great world if we could just all be honest with each other, right? Yes, it would. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely um, would set a, a foundation for us to be on. The truth yeah. set you free, right? Absolutely. It absolutely does. Man, so it's been it's been awesome getting to talk to you about this book. I'm excited to read it. So can for just again for the viewers, can you tell us where we can buy this book? Yep, you can get it from most good bookshops. Uh, but certainly if you if you're on Amazon, you can get it uh, as a Kindle, paperback, or hardback from Amazon. Um, and uh, you can get it in, in major bookshops as well. If you pop their website, you'll find it on there as well. Uh, but it's yeah, I, I think it's a, a great read. It's great fun. It's quite dark. It's a bit challenging. But um, the readers that have got back to me so far have really enjoyed it. And I, I think a lot of people, if you like a good murder mystery story, I think you'll enjoy it as well. Amen. I, I really appreciate you coming out and talking to us and um, giving us all this information. I know for sure I'm going to, wherever information is uh, involved, making sure it's true, <laughs> not sharing any, any false news. Um, so I've been your co-host, E-Trail York. And this will, and you've been, you've gotten to enjoy another episode of My Life Now. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.